Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. We've got spring sports updates. A few teams saw their seasons come to an end, while another is about to start the postseason. On the football side, a new report sheds light on the complicated TV contracts and what it might mean for Michigan's schedule. Oh, and the men's basketball roster remains in flux. All of that coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be talking with you here Monday, late morning, May 22nd. Uh, a lot has happened, actual results um, since we last talked. Um, you know, we kind of previewed what, where the tennis teams uh, stood on our last episode. Um, you know, both reached the quarterfinals, the Elite Eight rounds of the NCAA tournament. That in and of itself, a success for both programs. Um and they both lost there. The women's team lost to Georgia for nothing uh, closer than the score indicated. Uh, you know, Michigan was coming back in some of those matches, but um, you know, once it's settled, once you, they lost the doubles point. So then once you lose three of the six singles, they don't finish out the other ones. But um, so that was that, but they, they, they were in it. Um, but that's a Georgia program that has been there many, many times before all time winning as coach, you know, as their, as their coach and, um, you know, maybe just a, a little bit more talent overall. Uh, the men got pushed back a day because of torrential rain down there in Orlando. They face number two TCU. Uh, Michigan won the doubles point. And, uh, you know, Wolverine Confidential podcast listeners know uh, that Michigan was 22 and 0 this Ooh. season when that happened. Uh, but the streak ended. Uh, Michigan lost several close singles matches, you know, and, and lost overall four to one. Again, this TCU team was the number two seed. Got a couple, you know, singles players, highly ranked. Um, you know, one that recently just came back from injury. Uh, you know, highly ranked doubles team. So, I don't know. It's just you know, tough loss in in the heat there. But um, you know, good good seasons overall. Uh, both both programs have three different singles players and one doubles team competing in the you know individual championships uh, this week. That starts actually today. So, um, you know, still still a chance for some some hardware for the, the Michigan tennis teams, um, but they, they come up short in Orlando. Uh, Zook, tell us about the lacrosse team. They, last we heard, they had, they had topped Cornell and we're, we're going to take on top seed Duke. That didn't go so well for them. No, it did not. Not in the last three quarters. They ended up losing 15 to eight uh, and end to their really a remarkable season for the Wolverines. I mean, no one even expected them to be here, be in the tournament or, or even win the big 10 tournament, but they were able to to do all that. And, and were probably the hottest team in the country um, heading into the tournament, but just couldn't, uh, couldn't hang for with, uh, with the top ranked blue devils, a, a blue blood, blue blood program for uh, a full 60 minutes. And I mean, it's two to two at the end of the first quarter, and you're like, okay, maybe this is doable. Their their defense is holding up well. They drew a few penalties against Duke in that quarter, but then things kind of went south from there. Uh, they they hung around for a while and, and pulled to within four early in the fourth quarter, 
before the floodgates opened. And I, I can't say I've watched much lacrosse, but my brother played college lacrosse and definitely agreed with me when I was texting him about Duke's Brendan O'Neill. Um, I mean, Michigan really had no answer for the all American all, all game. I mean, he, it's not like Michigan has been the only team that hasn't been able to stop him this season. I mean, he had seven points Saturday, six goals, now is 91 points on the season. And I mean, he was just dominant for, for the blue doubles, six foot two, 225 pounds to dodge to both sides. He had an over the shoulder goal yeah. in the fourth quarter. That was just incredible. Like the goalie had no idea was coming and that just kind of felt like the backbreaker. Um, and then kind of the, yeah, from there it's Michigan just, yeah, it was, that was, that was basically the end of them. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, they're, they're the number one seed for a reason. They've only lost two games all year. Um, they play in the tough AC, ACC. So yeah, if you're going to go out, might as well do it against the, the number one team, but yeah, they fall just short of the, the final four losing in the, in an NCAA quarterfinal to Duke. Yeah. Guy had his back to the goal and just flipped it right over his shoulder. That was, <laughs> that was, I mean, I know that's been done before, but it was, it was still pretty incredible to see, uh, but that leaves what baseball? Baseball's still alive here among among spring sports. Um, Big Ten tournament starts for them tomorrow, Tuesday. Tuesday morning, yeah, eleven a.m. So, uh, yeah, kind of a, a missed opportunity for them during their regular final regular season series against Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State was near the bottom of the Big Ten, but they swept Michigan in Columbus this past weekend. Uh, yeah, I mean, not really many close games either. So. Uh, Michigan's not really playing its best baseball now. I mean, they were they won four straight Big Ten games and then lost last week uh, uh, a non-conference game to Xavier that I I actually went out and covered, and it was ugly. They lost fourteen to two, but didn't pitch any of their top pitchers. So they're like, all right, maybe with their best guys going on the weekend, um, they can uh, win. A, I mean, they still had a shot at the Big Ten title if they swept or even won two games and, and needed some help. That didn't happen. They lost seven to three, nine to five, and seven to two. Um, so they'll let uh, regroup and and win the Big Ten tournament because that's the only way they're keeping their season alive. I mean, they're outside of the top one hundred in RPI. Um, they really they haven't faced any of the top three seeds in the Big Ten all season. So they haven't they didn't face a really difficult Big Ten schedule. And one of those teams is Iowa, who they open up against, who actually has the second highest RPI of Big Ten teams. So there'll be a tough challenge on uh, on Tuesday morning. You don't play everyone at least once. No, no, no. There's hmm. a yeah. I mean, there's only it's 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 a, springtime isn't long isn't very long in Michigan. So <laughs> um, right, yeah. So there's there's definitely. I mean, either same with softball. You don't face everyone in the Big Ten. So uh, that's why the the tournament can kind of get entertaining because you're getting new matchups even in, in conference play all right well they've made a run here before let's let's see if they can do it again and if we're talking baseball i mean we got to talk about the red hot new york metropolitans five in a row all by a single run uh we're trailing in all but one of these games i mean down three four five runs sometimes in the late innings doesn't matter uh pete alonso smacking homers all over the place and they're back over 500 again. It's really unfortunate we didn't pod last week when the Tigers had a better record than the Mets and we could have, you know, gave you, uh, mentioned that a few times on, on the podcast. But, yeah, I mean, obviously the Mets have a much more talented team and a much higher payroll. So you, would, <laughs> you knew it wasn't going to last very long, but uh, we'll see. I was just going to say, at least they're trying to make up for that money they've spent so far. Right. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, they're looking like the worst team money could buy, but now they're there. It's amazing what actually hitting some home runs can do for you. Uh, all right, we've got uh, you know we've got some football news to discuss. Um, you know, one is is Bo Schembechler's son, uh, Glenn Shemmy Schembechler. Uh, yeah, he was on staff for what three days, four days. I mean, it sounds like he might have actually been hired like a month ago, as Aaron reported. But you know, officially from when he made the announcement uh, to to when he you know resigned was only a few days. Maybe he should have never made that announcement. I don't know. It seemed to draw more attention to the Twitter account than ended up doing him in. Yeah, I was just going to say, if this was some other scout or someone else being hired other than Shemi, this probably wouldn't have been a big story. He probably wouldn't have gotten the ridicule or even the attention it, it ended up getting. Uh, but yeah, uh, he had been on staff at least for a month or so. He, you know, He had been employed. I, I think they were trying to figure out, finalize his role and what exactly he was going to do. Um, but yeah, he was hired, I think Thursday, or he was announced Thursday afternoon as being the assistant director of recruiting for Michigan's football program. Uh, soon after that, some fans decided to, uh, you know, scour his Twitter account. They were looking at his account, his likes, his retweets, everything else. And there were some borderline, probably racist things in there. Uh, and, and it caught the attention. There was what, like a 48 hour blowback there. I'm sure some of the listeners, um, they're listening to this. I'm sure saw it on Twitter and, and different social media accounts because Michigan couldn't tweet without folks replying, say to fire him. So I'd say what 40, 48 hours or so went by. Uh, Jim Harbaugh and athletic director Ward Emanuel were, were both um, advised uh, on the situation and the decision was made for Shemi to resign. Um, I guess not a surprise given, given everything that's gone on. Uh, he did issue a statement uh, late Sunday night through a crisis PR firm, basically apologizing. It was a pretty lengthy statement. Um, kind of, he pointed to his his father, obviously, in the legacy, the Schembechel leg- family legacy, and everything else. And you know, he tried to defend himself and and say this isn't who he is. Um, but as they always say, you know, actions kind of speak louder than words. I and mean, when you go back on his Twitter account, which has, by the way, been since been deleted completely. Um, there there was a period there where folks were noticing the tweet count and the light count were de- decreasing as the hours went on, indicating that uh, tweets were either being deleted or unliked or whatever the case may be to try and hide some of that stuff. Um, nonetheless, uh, he is no longer on staff. Uh, I suspect it's probably going to be difficult for him to get a job here going forward. Although never say never. I mean, he, I get, as we reported when he first got the job, I mean, he does get a lengthy, um, you know, uh, time in the scouting world in the NFL community, worked for several NFL teams, so he certainly got contacts, but nonetheless, he won't be working for for Michigan at least, um, you know, anytime soon. You, you wonder way. how it took so long. For, I mean, like he's been employed by NFL teams for so long. Like, I mean, and it just seems like it's been a while since like the old tweets have like haunted someone like this. I just felt like people wised up and yes, deleted these things uh, before you know applying for jobs, but I guess not. No, yeah, and like the fact that it was over like oh, like hundreds that needed to be deleted and, and unliked or whatever is just uh, and <laughs> astonishing really it's just bad 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 look all around for everyone involved yeah and as i mentioned if this wasn't shemmy it probably wouldn't have been written about to begin with um it wouldn't have been such a big deal but the fact that he was bo's son given bo's legacy at michigan and, and, and everything else it became a story and, and it ultimately became a distraction. And when you become a huge distraction for your place of employment or wherever the case may be, that's when decisions like these are made. I, I don't know if the resignation was totally on him or that was he was asked to do that. 
nonetheless, I, I think all sides obviously recognized that uh, this was becoming a, a huge distraction and something that really an embarrassment. Um, you know, if, if you're Michigan, I, I think you look at yourself and say, you know, how do you, how does this get by? How do we not look this stuff up? Or at least, you know, all employees are theoretically, they go through a background check. I, I assume Shemi did. I, I don't know that for, for a fact, but you would think something like this, especially for someone who's so um, active on social media and not just Twitter. I mean, this guy's LinkedIn profile is updated with every job he's ever had. His Facebook account is open to the public and he's active on there a lot. You can go search it yourself. Um, the guy lives on social media, as, as folks probably saw. So it's all out there. It's not like any of it was hidden. You, anyone could have found it. And sure enough, um, you know, a lot of folks did. Yeah, I mean, I know you mentioned that is, I mean, obviously being a Schembechler, there is more of a spotlight on him. But I think, I mean, it doesn't matter who you employ if you have any sort of tweets that are like in anything that suggests that Jim Crow laws were good for black people or, I mean, transphobic comments or political conspiracy, anything like that, you're probably going to you're going to draw the ire of the public. And that's certainly ha happened here. I mean, I think there's people nowadays anyone that gets hired in a prominent role I and mean, there's just certain people that during to do background checks themselves and and check people's uh twitter accounts and facebook accounts and all that and and yeah this i, I just if you're mission like i mean there's no way you can really justify this because if you say you did a background check and didn't discover this stuff it's the most basic thing ever you just you, you stroll through someone's twitter profile and you didn't have to go back pretty far because a lot of them were pretty recent and if you did do or if you didn't do a background check that's not good either you're making a hire for a prominent program and you're not checking that's not good either so it's just a, another <laughs> red flag for the michigan athletic department and, and ward manual and, and jim harbaugh and a long list that has happened in the past year or so it's ironic too because whenever big name hires are made, we obviously always get a heads up on them, and oftentimes the PR communication staff tell us that they can't confirm the hire for another day or two because the person is going through a background check. Um, yeah. In in this case, Shemi wasn't publicly like announced. There was no you know PR announcement, press release saying, "Hey, we've hired Shemi Schembechler." It was an announcement on his own volition. Uh, Michigan did now. Michigan did confirm it. Uh, but he had been in the 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 employee uh, directory for for a over a month, so he had been on staff. He had been hired, as I said. It was just a matter of I think finding a role for him. Uh, but yeah, the fact that they didn't announce it, I thought was interesting. Um, but yeah, it's just a very just a very distracting situation over the weekend. Uh, there's other football news, um, and that is you know an ESPN report by Pete Thamel about. Um, sort of the TV rights deal and the, you know, new Big Ten commissioner, some of the challenges he faces. And, you know, as far as what it means for for Michigan football, uh, I guess, yeah, we can discuss that because some of the details are that, you know, Penn State will play um, a Friday game uh, uh, to close the Big Ten regular season, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, um, you know, so possibly more Friday games, more uh, night games, even into November, which the, you know, Big Ten has been, you know, against. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Michigan has always kind of taken a stance and I know like Ohio state too, um, of, yeah, there might be some of these rules of the big 10, but they're not going to apply to us. We're not playing Friday games. We're not playing night games after a certain date. Um, but I don't know. You wonder if eventually, yeah, the, the networks are going to wise up and say, well, you're one of our biggest brands. Like, yeah, you have to get on board with some of these policies. 
Yeah, I mean, the TV creep is is in play. It's in full force. I mean, we the college football as a whole and these conferences have let TV networks basically dictate when and when and where and at times when these games are going to be played. The money has gotten just so big that you you can't say no. Now, for a long the longest time, you know, as we said, the Big Ten has kind of had a policy where they wouldn't play night games after the I think it's the tenth week of the regular season, which typically fell on the the first weekend in November. Now, part of the reason behind that was you know it would get cold, the weather conditions. They didn't want to play um, at night so late in the year. I mean, there's just so many factors in play. Um, now that the Big Ten has a new TV rights agreement in place, um, not only with Fox but with CBS and 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 NBC. You're starting to see these networks say, well, what if we do this? Or why can't we have a night game here? And NBC, from my understanding, and Pete Dammel's report, you can go read it on the ESPN.com. It's a really, really good report. There's a lot to digest in there. But NBC, part of the package with them is basically weekly night games every Saturday night. Um, and that's and that goes beyond the original early November date. So they want more night games. Um, my from Pete Dammel's report, you know, it sounds like communication hasn't been great there. The Big Ten hasn't exactly told these schools and the athletic directors and the coaches like what's going on and, and what and they've kind of been caught off guard. And in fact, in the report from Pete Dammel again on ESPN.com, uh, Michigan Athletic Director Ward Manuel's quoted himself. He's saying NBC was surprised and I was surprised. Um, and he's referring to the regards of, of the you know Michigan the Big Ten schools. Um, not being okay with the night games. He said, we had not discussed, and I had not discussed with anyone in the league changes to the tolerance. We, the tolerances we had agreed upon years ago. And when he says tolerances, he basically made the, meant the, the, you know, the agreement that we're not playing night games so late in the year. So Michigan's not on board with that. It sounds like Ohio state and Penn state aren't necessarily either. Uh, but at the same time, schools are making conditions. In fact, you know, it was just announced last week that Michigan State is playing Penn State in a night game November 11th, which is later than usual. So a lot going on, a lot of some pushback, um, a lot of kind of fallout from Kevin Warren's tenure here. It sounds like some of these contracts haven't exactly been knitted up uh, and they're still kind of working out the fine details, which is where I think all this chaos and misunderstanding is coming from. How nice of Ward to take time out of his busy schedule to to comment on, uh, on and whine about the the Big Ten football schedule and night games instead of uh you know and just blow us off for how many straight years. Uh, I I just I have no sympathy for people like Ward Manuel or any of these schools because they sign these yeah. contracts they take the money like Bingo. Aaron said the money's yeah. become too big to pass up, and then they complain mm-hmm. when you know they're held to. The contract now again. If 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 the contract is is it's written that yeah they won't have these night games, then I understand their beef. But I don't know. It seems to be like in some cases it's more of just like an understanding. But you've got to see where this is going. So you know, Michigan complains about the night games it it does have that are that are that they even they agree are contractually you know acceptable as far as you know the earlier season ones. They don't want any. So okay, well then. I don't know. Don't take, don't take the money. Don't sign the contract then. So it's interesting, but you know, as is the added element of kind of, yes, whether Warren was negotiating with networks that he didn't have the right, you know, he didn't have the rights that he thought he had. And he was, he was given people, um, he was given people, you know, the okay to do things that he actually didn't have authority to do. Uh, that, that that's, that's another intriguing element here. It's yeah, just, it's kind of ironic because the, the way that apparently it's been re- reported and written, the Big Ten Network actually owns all basically all the TV rights. Well, the Big Ten Network is owned by Fox, so it gives Fox an added benefit there. 
But then everything else is kind of like sub-licensed out. So Fox and the Big Ten are involved in these negotiations with a CBS, with an NBC to kind of sublease these these games. So they're kind of they they get their say, they get their their you know their involvement, everything else, which would explain why Big Ten and Fox have had such a you know cozy agreement in recent years, why all the big games are put on Fox at noon. Um, you know, and these other networks are realizing, hey, we've got to isolate these games in other time slots, whether it's mid-afternoon or night, where maybe there's less competition to try and maximize TV revenue and ad sales. So it's it's a fascinating thing. Um, it's it's kind of more like behind the scenes stuff than anything. But I thought Pete did a really good job of kind of exposing and bringing to light kind of a lot, a lot of what's going on behind the scenes. Used a lot of anonymous sources, but again, he did quote Ward on the record. I mean, I think Ryan Day was quoted as well and some other folks. So it was some basketball coaches as well. So it was interesting to read. I highly recommend going to check it out. I don't know where this is going to go. As I said, the deals kind of aren't complete yet. They're still trying to fin- finalizing everything. But, you know, don't be surprised if, if you see Michigan, you know, and again, it seems like it's been every year now where Michigan's played a handful of, of, of night games, you know, whether it's two or three. They may play one in late November, and I'm going to go on a limb here and say, you know, not maybe not anytime soon, but I think eventually you're going to see one of these networks try and push Michigan, Ohio State out of the noon time slot and into night. Now, obviously, it's not going to happen this year. It's a noon kickoff and everything else, but don't be surprised down the road if there's uh, there's push for that. It's just funny to to drive around Ann Arbor and you see like the the sta- the stadium scoreboard being redone and then or the baseball field being redone. It's like, hmm, yeah, you're complaining about night games, but you're getting all this extra money to be able to do all this stuff with your facilities and 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 stuff like that too. So it's like, yeah, I don't want to hear these teams and schools complain like you just made millions and millions of dollars off this new TV deal. Play when you're told like it's it's a few hours later. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it might be a little bit colder. Um, yeah. It might logistics might be a little bit more difficult. Figure it out. Like it's, you sign the deal. Let's let's, I mean, we don't, we don't like night games either. The night games are not good for us, but we don't, we understand we don't have any control of it. Like if they negotiate with us. And we don't complain ever about that. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's, I guess I'm a little hypocritical about it all, but I listen. I'm not agreeing to these things, so I'm allowed to complain because I'm not. They don't get. They don't ask me for my thoughts. So hey, if they uh, told us if we have to cover night games, but they give us a, like some added incentive, like hey, you get the, you get extra uh, filet mignon in the press box or mm-hmm. something. All right, sign me up. I'll do a little night game action there. Like it's, but yeah, Here, here's my solution: just annex the rest of the the Pac-12 and play those games at night. And it will big 12, big 10 after dark on the West coast. And then all the Michigan East coast games can be at noon or three 30. That sounds, sounds good to me. That sounds good to me too. Uh, all right. I, what, what can we close with here? I mean, the men's basketball roster is, is 100% not finalized. Uh, you know, Phil Martelli <laughs> made that very clear that they are, they are still going to be adding some bodies because they have open scholarships to fill. And he said they might, they might not fill all of them, they might only get two more guys and leave one open in case some things change, you know, in season. But, um, you know, this this uh, uh, this forward on Tennessee, uh, Olivier, uh, uh, don't want to mispronounce his last name. Um, Nakahoma, I've I've got it, I've got, I've got it written down somewhere else, but N K A M H O U A. Uh, he's he's definitely in the mix. Someone Michigan has discussed, um, you know, been in contact with. Uh, you know, the Toledo guard, Ray J Dennis visited, um, but you know, does he want to play point guard and Michigan already has one or two guys there. It, it, that's kind of an interesting thing. So, um, you know, they're, they're, 
they're definitely looking to add a couple more guys, um, you know, to make this a, a goal is to make it a competitive roster that can win the Big Ten. Because right now, I'm not sure that that it is. So, uh, yeah, they're looking at to add more guys after Caleb loves, um, you know, ac- not enough of his academic tra- credits. Uh, we're going to transfer over to Michigan. Um, and, and therefore he has reopened his commitment and will end up playing somewhere else. Um, so Happy off yeah. season, boys. Yes, it's been it's it's been unbelievable with the, the comings and goings and uh, yeah, sometimes even with the same player, the comings and goings. So, um, yeah, a lot of a lot going on. And, uh, you know, that that roster remains in flux. Uh, we will have full coverage of uh, the baseball team in the Big Ten tournament here. Um, any other news with the football program or anything pertaining to the Michigan Wolverines on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.